An anthology about the bad, the short-lived, and the forgotten shows and events in television history. This is It Was a Thing on TV. I give you Super Train. Minisode 29, Submission 2545. Leon Letts, Thanksgiving 93 Blunder. Leon Letts, Thanksgiving 93 Blunder occurred on Thanksgiving Day 1993 in a game between the Dallas Cowboys and the Miami Dolphins on NBC. Well, we're releasing this surprise minisode on Thanksgiving prior to the NBC night game tonight between the San Francisco 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks. Because that's what America really wants to see. America really wants to see Geno Smith in prime time. And let me say this from experience. No, you do not want to see Geno Smith in prime time. No. I don't want to see Geno Smith at all. Mike, do you agree with us? I look at the situation as not looking forward to seeing Geno Smith. I'm looking forward to seeing Kenneth Walker III, because I think he's a beast of a running back. What about Christian McCaffrey? that guy. What do you have against him? What? What did he do to you? He scored, like, a touchdown in, what, 18 straight games? I think he's overrated, personally, but that, and I know that's not a good take. So, given hold on. He... Time out. You agree with that kid in that NFL shop commercial? Kid's a smart kid. Yankees thumbs down guy here. No. No. Uh-uh. no. Sorry. No. Christian McCaffrey and Brock Purdy, the 49ers right now are the most complete team in football. The no, most... no, don't feed me that crap, especially when they're what, like six and three? They have the same record as the Browns and the Browns beat them? No, don't tell me they're the most complete team in football when you've got the Ravens, as much as I dislike them, and you've got the Eagles and you've got the Lions. Don't the tell Chiefs. me that. And the Chiefs. Them too. Mahomes and his red underwear. I'm just thinking, like, the Kansas City Chiefs are perhaps the Wait, best 55, time out, time the, out. the best 55 time. man team in all of football. Time out. Time out. Time out. Did you say the Kansas City Chiefs? The Kansas City Chief, Chief, Chiefs? No. Okay. You know what I think? Kansas City Chiefs are the best 55 person team in all of football. Think about it. Look, we only have so much time here, so let's just get our head to the topic here. Now, Super Bowl twenty seven in nineteen ninety three between the Cowboys and the Bills was a blowout by the Cowboys. But there was one moment in that game, Mike, that everyone remembers. Vividly. It was a fumble return picked up by Leon Lett, and he got a little over-exuberant getting to the end zone. It's a clear path to the end zone. And he, just, I, I don't want to say he was showboating, but he held the ball out. And as he got to the goal line, if he would have just crossed the goal line with the football, it would have been a touchdown. But Don Beebe, 
who is a pretty good wide receiver and a special team star back in the day for Buffalo, came from behind, caught up to Leon Lett. Leon Lett was not a fast person because he was a defensive tackle. He was a big guy, probably like, I think, 6'6", six, six, and probably well over 300 pounds. And Don Beebe was like 5'10", and he was a wide receiver. you got to be fast to be a wide receiver. So he caught up to uh, Leon Letton, knocked the ball out of his hands before the goal line. And at that point, it became just a uh, a touchback. But that was a play that haunted Leon Lett all year, despite the Cowboys winning by 35 points going into the next season. I think it still haunts him to this day. That he didn't get a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Well, that's like the big stage, the big moment. He's remembered, but for all the wrong reasons, if you think about it. He scores the touchdown. He's remembered for other things, maybe even an MVP award. And instead, yeah, he's remembered, but he's remembered as the bonehead who stuck his arm out uh, as he's running and Don Beebe came by and knocked out the ball. In a game they handily won. How can you be the GOAT in a game you won by 35 points? And I use the actual term of what it was meant for. Not this stupid greatest all-time But okay. It's 10 months later. And we're at Texas Stadium for Thanksgiving 1993. Between the Cowboys and the Dolphins on NBC. The same network that broadcast Super Bowl 27. We had Troy Aikman quarterbacking for the Cowboys, but for the Dolphins, Dan Marino was injured for this game. And he was replaced by some guy named Steve DeBerg. Mike, do we have any information about Steve DeBerg? He would have been ancient at the time. I'm not even really kidding when I say that. For a quarterback, he would have been old. He was born in uh, 54. So he would have been, at this point, just uh, under the age of 40. And the thing is, back in 1993, if you were a 40-year-old quarterback, you were most likely a desperation hire or somebody on a contract that just needed to fulfill whatever. But yeah, he was over the hill, let's say. But no, Steve DeBerg, he had a impressive enough career. Started in 78. And actually, believe it or not, in 1998, at age 44, he played eight games, half the season, for the Falcons. And that was the team that went to the Super Bowl against the Broncos. And that would be the team that lost the Super Bowl to the Broncos and Super Bowl 33. He was actually the backup to Chris Chandler. Not that Chris Chandler, but another Chris Chandler who played all 14 games and was 13-1. and Let's get into the reason why we're talking about this. So it's late in the game. Miami's driving and they have a chance to kick the game-winning field goal with the score of 14-13 Dallas. And before I get into this game, our commentary team for this is the great Dick Enberg for NBC and his color guy. Mike, I think this is the first time 
we're ever going to talk about this man on this podcast. Maybe this might be the last time we ever talk about this man on the podcast, but he is a broadcasting legend as far as football goes. And that would be Bob Trumpy. Who was like the color guy from my heyday uh, when I first started watching football back in like the 80s and early 90s? It was always, uh, at least for here, it seemed like whenever the Browns played, it was always Don Crickey and Bob Trumpy. But Bob Trumpy himself, he was a pretty darn good tight end back in the day. Four-time Pro Bowler. Uh, for Cincinnati, right? Yeah, for Cincinnati, uh, 68 to 77. We have Miami kicking the ball. It's uh, Pete Stoyanovich trying to make the winning kick for Miami here. And this is courtesy of the NFL Throwback YouTube channel that has this up. And before I play the clip, guys, do you want to know what Miami's win percentage chance was right before they made this kick? Mike, I want you to take a guess. I have no idea. Let's say 80%. Chico, I told you this. Do you want to tell Mike the answer? 69%. Noise. <laughs> do, do I really need to like remind you guys that last week I pulled the card numbered 69 out of 69? <laughs> True story. All right. Here's the clip, everybody, as Miami's trying to win the game. And this uh, has become a memorable Thanksgiving Day game. Will it go in the win column to Dallas or Miami? Stoyanovich will decide it as he will. Okay, before, now we've seen the win probability pop up, but I should mention, I did not mention this. It actually snowed in Dallas this day. And this was in the era before they had a dome stadium. Well, remember, Texas Stadium had that hole in the roof. It had that weird-ass shape. So that God can watch his favorite team play every Sunday. My ass, that's God's favorite team. <laughs> I'm sorry, Brandon, if you're listening. Try this field goal, which will be 40 yards. 40 yards. Doug Peterson to hold. Blocked. The Cowboys will win. A Dallas player touched the ball, and then the Dolphins went on and recovered it. It's on the. Okay, for the audio listeners, can we describe what happened with the video? We're digging a hole where Doug Peterson's going to catch it and hold it for Pete Stoyanovich. Pete Stoyanovich runs in, kicks it up, blocked by who? Who was the one with the block on it? Uh, some guy on Dallas blocked it, but they cut away. They show Jerry Jones celebrating, cut to Don Shula, and then cut to Troy Aikman and Michael Irvin hugging. And then Enberg's like, wait a minute, because we're not seeing it, but Enberg and Trump are seeing what's going on. And then we go back and we see Miami has the ball. The refs are deliberating right now over if it's a touchdown or not. So let's go back to Dick and Bob here. 
sorted out. And there's three seconds left on the clock. 92, Tolbert gets his hand up in the air and knocks the ball. No, it's not 92, it's 97. Jimmy now, Jones. Now someone touches the football here. Watch what happens. It's Leon Lett. No! Oh, Lett, who is haunted by a Super Bowl misplay. And the ball goes into the end zone. They say it was touched at the one-yard line. If that were, if we had instant replay, that's a touchdown. The momentum carried the ball in there, and Leon Lett. No! Now, with three seconds left. Now we have seven Cowboys players arguing with one referee. Leon Lett decided, you know what? I'm going to like Leroy Jenkins this. Even though we've won the game, I'm just going to slide my ass on the snow here on this artificial turf and try to touch the ball. In Leon Lett's defense, it was snow on artificial turf, where snow doesn't usually be on artificial turf. Greg paused the screen. Number 96 for the Dolphins. Is that Mike Golick? It might be. Was he on the Dolphins in 93? Was he even a defensive lineman? His brother would have been a defensive lineman, but I don't think Bob would have been around till 93 because he would have been drafted, I want to say, 78-ish. It's Mike Golick. Oh, look who the head referee is for this game. Ed Hockley is the head referee for this game. The Ed Hockley Gun Show. Oh, that's what Ed Hockley is most known for, is his big guns. Well, he wasn't really working out quite that hard yet in 93, but, you know, it's so crazy. His son is now a ref, Sean Hockley. Yeah, but he's not as buff as his dad. No. What's going on down there? And let on the slick field, able to make another misplay. And Jerry Jones, who is a... Smile was as big as the panhandle. One minute now, wondering what kind of fate. Gee, I hope Yogi Bear is watching. Elvis Patterson out there. He's trying to come in and throw snow on the yeah. spot. Doug Peterson has had time to really clear a path here. I don't know if this would be legal in golf, but it is here. The field goal was touched beyond the line by the receiving team. The kicking team then recovered the ball in the field of play and slid into the end zone. However, since the ball was still a kick, it's down when the, the kicking team recovered the ball. The kicking team gets awarded the ball at the spot in the field of play, first down. And the dog. <laughs> they cut to Jimmy Johnson right here. And Jimmy has like the most sad face. He is beef. Fuddled. Mike, what's your reaction to Jimmy's reaction? In his mind, he's saying, damn, how many laps am I going to make that let guy run this time? Uh, he is, I think befuddled is the appropriate word. He is shell-shocked. I love the snowflakes on Don Shula's dolphin starter hat right there. Oh, and now we see the win probability has changed. Miami's win probability is now 81.9%. Dallas's win probability at 18.1%. So it raised 12 points after that. Almost 13. 12.9.
But look at this. Doug Peterson and the rest of the Dolphins players are like, they're kicking the snow. Like, get out of there, snow. Well, no, what they're doing is they're getting rid of the snow. So whoever the quarterback is, I don't think it would have been Doug Peterson at this no, point. It, it was Peterson because he was the holder. Oh, they're going to re-kick it. I thought they were, uh, since it was a first down, they were going to possibly run it in. I mean, I know it looks like it's about a, what, eh, five, seven-yard run. But, yeah, it, it would be, what, about a 35-yard chip shot? No, it would be like 20 because they recovered it like the two. Oh, I, I saw the goal line there, and it looked like uh, it was about five to seven yards. I didn't know they uh, recovered it at the two. I thought uh, – I thought it was closer to like the seven or so. Okay. Well, remember, there's also three seconds left, but we're seeing Doug Peterson. He's like kicking the snow. And he's he's wiping that down. He's wiping the snow off the artificial turf with the, like a tower or something. Let, let's actually remember. Thank you, Greg. That's artificial turf. That's not real turf. And they wouldn't have the field turf until like what? Mid 2000s. Yeah, that sounds about right. It's sort of like if you have that powdery carpet cleaner and you're sprinkling it all over, now you're basically kicking it. And you know it's hard to get off of. So they're just kicking it with all their might, kicking it, brushing it, doing whatever they have to do to get some sort of traction on an already tractionless turf. All right, so we have three seconds left. They're going to re-kick this. They took so a they delay of game. So they push it back five yards. So now they're digging up that space again. Then they changed their mind and brought it back to the original spot. So now Doug Peterson holding from that original spot. Pete Stoyanovich is going to get one more go at this. So let's see what happens when they re-kick it. Shula was the happiest man in Dallas on Thanksgiving 93. And the Cowboys, well, after this game, don't feel bad for them because they'd go on to win eight straight games after this and win Super Bowl 28, defeating the Bills for the second consecutive year. Even though Leon Lett made a mistake here, the Cowboys ended up going on from there and winning the Super Bowl. And that's how Bernie Kosar got his Super Bowl ring. That's right, because remember, Bernie Kosar was infamously cut by the Browns and ended up as Troy Aikman's backup. But then his final two years were spent, oddly enough, in Miami. And I've actually seen Bernie's Super Bowl ring. About 15 years ago, he wore it to uh, some sort of signing or public appearance, and he had it right there, unguarded, where people could take photos of it, look at it, touch it. And it was massive. Jerry Jones went to no expense to get the best rings that probably 1993 technology could do. It doesn't do what the rings do nowadays where it's got lids and mini stadiums inside the ring. and But it is just a massive like ball of golden diamonds. 
I got a question, Mike. We know that the Dallas Cowboys have that AI Jerry Jones at AT&T Stadium. Do you think we could ask that AI Jerry Jones what he felt during that Thanksgiving 93 game? You go to Dallas, you try it out, and report back to us. AI Jerry Jones, really? Isn't it bad enough having the real-life Jerry Jones? Oh, don't worry. I'm sure if Dallas goes somewhere this year, somebody on Dallas's defense will pull a Leon Lett in honor of the 30th anniversary of this occurrence. Not going to put money on Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons is a good player. Trayvon Diggs, too. What if somebody this year for Dallas in the playoffs pulls another Ezekiel Elliott and gets run over like a bad truck? Oh, no. Tony Pollard played center, and he ended his career in Dallas by getting leveled during the playoffs. Oh, what will we do? Hey, that worked out really well for Elliott. He's suffering in New England. Ha, 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 ha. So what can we say about Leon Lett on Thanksgiving 1993? He committed a horrifying blunder that cost the Cowboys a game. But it gave us a very hilarious thing on TV. And also Doug Peterson just picking and wiping all the snow. You know what? I'd like to see in a Jaguars game in case they're ever on the road in the snow and there's a big spot, whoever the backup QB for the Jaguars is. Doug Peterson's like, I'm going to show you what you do. And he has a towel and he wipes the snow. Hey, Greg, I can tell you, Jacksonville's coming to Cleveland in December. That would be great. We could have snow in Cleveland for that game and we could see Doug teach whoever the... Who is... Trevor Lawrence's backup in Jacksonville. I'm looking. December 10th, it may be snowy. Who knows? It's been very warm the last couple of winters. The backup quarterback is C.J. Beathard. He played a number of seasons with the 49ers, pre-Trey Lance, pre-Purdy. And he started a few games. Not really all that impressive. He's been in the league now six years. He's got 3,551 passing yards, 18 TDs, 14 interceptions. So he's a backup. And when you're talking about somebody who's only going to appear in just uh, like the end of the game and blowouts or somebody who may replace Trevor Lawrence due to injury. Yeah, he's that type of QB. Would I rather have him over P.J. Walker? Eh, I don't know about that. That's Houston Roughnecks legend, P.J. Walker. Thank you very much. Do you have any final thoughts, Chico? I'm just thinking to myself, it doesn't snow that darn much in Dallas. They were not prepared for it. I have a final thought, too. On a holiday, which is devoted to turkeys, one Thanksgiving, Leon Lett was the biggest turkey of them all. And that's going to do it for this mini-sode. And we'll see you with more stuff down the line real soon. Wow! Fourth down and six. And right. Fumbles. Picked up by Leon Lett. Can he go all the way? It's a 60-yard run. He's being chased by BB. Watch out. Did he get across? No, they are not. That's going to be a touchback to Buffalo.
Buffalo. There, there's no call yet, though. He has not marked touchdown. It was knocked out of his hands and went out of bounds in the end zone, which would give it to Buffalo at the 20. And look at Lett. If they call that a no touchdown, he's going to dig a hole and crawl out of this place from there. He's going to need a big hole. <laughs> they have not made the call yet. Was it knocked out of his hand before? There's the uh, he celebrated too soon. No, that's Jeffco. Well, that's, he's the guy who made the hit. Leon Lett's still lying in the end zone. Now he's on his feet. And the call by hand. The play has been ruled as a fumble in the field of play. The fumble went forward through the end zone and out of the end zone, creating a touchback. Buffalo's ball, first and ten. Leon Lett would have scored. But he slowed down to celebrate at the five-yard line, and when he did, Don Beebe, hustling, stripped it away. Bang.